had taken refuge in the plantation house. The US 3rd Fleet was stationed permanently off the west coast of Africa so they could keep an eye on their Nigerian oil assets. But their marine expeditionary force were going to be out of range until tomorrow. By the time they arrived on their helis, it might be too late. We, on the other hand, were only 200 k's up the road. Downing Street had picked up the phone and now we were all set to escort the limos the last couple of hundred k's to the port. We'd stripped down the Renaults, loaded them with GPMGs, Dave's Yamaha, some AK-47s and water and ammunition, then headed east into the Badlands, stopping only to refuel. Even so, it beat potty training Mobutu's sidekicks. Judging by the look on his face, Standish seemed to be relishing the challenge. He was sitting behind us now, setting up his satcoms, fanning out the big mesh dish. Sam glanced round from the wheel. As pointless regging it up, boss. We'll be there soon. Standish wasn't listening. Sam and I exchanged a glance. Standish was basically the link with the embassy and spent little time with the team. The man really running the job was 7 Troops Staff Sergeant, Gary, who was a man of few words. I had a lot of time for him. He was in the lead wagon 80 metres ahead of us. Standish had come to the regiment from the Coldstream Guards. All those years under a busby must have given him plenty of practice at looking down his nose on the rest of the world. I didn't think he was ever going to be my best mate. Sam, a sergeant with nine years in the regiment, felt the same way. I studied the skyline. Jesus, Davy, where the fuck are you? Don't take his name in vain, Nick. I thought Sam must be taking the piss, but then I saw the expression on his face. He fished in his pocket and handed me a leather-bound book. Go on, he said. It's right up your street. Sex, violence, revenge, all sorts. I flicked open the cover. It's the new fucking testament. I didn't know you were into that stuff, Sam. His eyes flashed. You're not getting the message, are you, son? I don't like foul language being used alongside the Lord's name. It's like me calling your mother a whore. I nodded, but still couldn't work out why it offended him so much. I handed back his Bible. No thanks, mate. Not for me. Do you believe in God, Nick? I shrugged. Dunno. Call me an agnostic. The approaching roar of Davy's yammy broke the silence. The machine appeared and Davy gunned it towards Gary's wagon. Standish jumped down and sprinted after him. Seconds later, Standish hurried back and clambered aboard. The Mercs are still at the house. Davy's seen rebels in pickups. We're going to go straight for the compound, load up and get out cross-country to the coast. A cloud of smoke shot from the exhaust of Gary's wagon and the other three drivers took their cue. Sam fired the ignition. Davy gunned his bike towards the last wagon and rode up a plank onto the back. The front Renault started rolling. Sam threw us into first gear and the wagon jerked forward. We crested the hill in a diamond formation. Gary at point, us to the right. The other two were to the left and rear. There were eight of us bayonets, two in each wagon, and the boss made nine. The GPMGs were on each flank. The valley opened out below us, a huge swathe of sand and scrub.
A track snaked along the bottom from left to right. A large grey building stood on the left, surrounded by a perimeter wall. Vehicles were on the move round it. We'd reached the lower ground when a white pickup detached itself from the others and headed out to give us the once-over. Sam swung the wheel to face them. Get on with it. If they open up, it kicks off. I got the gun in the shoulder, pushed the safety off and rested my forefinger on the trigger. By the time the pickup was within a 100 metres, I could clearly make out two bodies in the back, both brandishing AKs. When they'd seen as much as they needed to, the pickup turned and sped back towards the buildings. Gary's wagon surged forward. Sam followed. There were other vehicles in the valley. Just over a K to our left, a serious dust cloud was making its way towards the plantation. I started to make out a series of distinct vehicle shapes stretched out on either side like a convoy from Mad Max. We had to get there before they did. Sam turned the wheel to keep the formation as Gary headed for the gates. The mansion behind them was all shutters and fancy brickwork, the sort of thing you see on a fancy wine label. We still had 300 metres to go when the wagon on our left came to a halt and put down covering fire with their GPMG. The rest of us drove hard towards the opening gates. I screamed to Sam, We'll cover him in! As the other two wagons thundered into the safety of the compound, he stopped. The wagon that had been giving covering fire took its cue and charged towards the gate. I loosed off a slow double tap into each of the approaching vehicles, aiming at the driver's windscreen. Empty cases from Standish's AK bounced off my back. Then there was more firing from the compound. Gary and Davy were just visible above the eight-foot wall, getting the rounds down. The pickups stopped in their tracks. Standish yelled, Let's go! Return fire from the pickups blasted chunks out of the compound wall. Sam pulled hard towards the gate. The wagon screamed through and jerked to a stop. The gates were slammed behind us by a couple of Mobutu's troops. The moment our wagon stopped, Gary took control. Get the guns up on the roof. Sam, you run the shop up there. He turned to Standish. You, get in the house and make sure the stuff is OK. I heaved the GPMG from the cab grabbed all the link I had and ran through the front door. Standish and several black soldiers were standing around a pile of small wooden crates. Three white women were in a huddle behind. The youngest seemed to be trying to reassure the other two. Ahead of me was a wide staircase. I took the stairs two at a time. On the landing, a spiral staircase led to an open doorway through which sunlight streamed. I climbed up, shielding my eyes from the glare. Sam and his gunner had positioned themselves to face the threat from the road. I gripped my gun and held the link against my body, dragging them to the corner on their left. The parapet was a metre high. I folded down the bipod and rested it on the brick ridge, dropping onto both knees behind it. Sam's gunner loosed off a short burst. More vehicles were on the move. Three or four small figures jumped from one about 250 metres away, carrying rocket-propelled grenade launchers they disappeared behind some bushes. A cloud of grey smoke erupted from behind the foliage and an RPG round screamed towards us. Incoming! The RPG went high and self-detonated past the house. I aimed at the bushes and gave a double tap, then again. One body made a run for it. I followed him, firing a long burst. He went down. There were shouts in the compound below. I looked down. Gary was relieving the government troops of their RPG launchers and rounds. 
Standish exited the building, followed closely by the youngest of the women I'd seen by the crates. Gary turned, covered with sweat. Get onto the fleet! Tell them there's too many oiks out there! We need support! Now! Standish nodded. The sun set, and darkness fell over the valley. Gary and Davy came to relieve us. Sam and I staggered down the spiral staircase and out into the courtyard, where we got some water down us. Standish still manned the satcoms with the girl beside him. I could see Gary's silhouette as he leaned over the parapet. Anything from the fleet? Standish shook his head. OK, get up here and relieve Davy. Standish jumped from the wagon. You! Gary pointed at me. Stag on the comms. As soon as you hear a squeak from the Yanks, give me a shout, OK? I jumped onto the back of the wagon and held out a hand. I'm Nick. The girl shook it and smiled. Annabelle. Her face was tense. Why is that man giving orders? I thought Miles was in command. Well, he is in a way, but officers only do a three-year tour. There isn't time for them to learn patrol skills, so in a situation like this, the troop senior takes over. There are others here who could do it just as well. What about you? Oh, I'm the new boy. My job description is sit up, shut up and learn. I smiled. Where are the other two? Alice and Helen, inside. How come the three of you got mixed up with a convoy? Annabel smiled. It makes the president feel important. It's a nice break from routine. You do a lot of these? Every month. What's it in aid of? What's in the boxes? She smiled again. But let's just say...